This is Mitch Peterson, and you're listening to General Conference Applied. Thank you for joining me for Season 2, Episode 19. In this episode, we will be discussing Bishop W. Christopher Waddell's October 2023 General Conference Address, which was entitled, More Than a Hero. If you remember nothing else from this podcast episode, remember this. Bishop Waddell has invited us to choose Jesus Christ, not the world. Bishop Waddell has invited us to choose Jesus Christ, not the world. We've discussed in previous episodes of General Conference Applied the importance of identifying the fundamental doctrine, principle, and Christ-like attribute of each General Conference Address. This is in part due to the way that Elder David A. Bednar, a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, studies General Conference Addresses. And so, in More Than a Hero, I identified atonement of Jesus Christ as the fundamental doctrine, the life of Christ as the fundamental principle, and faith in Jesus Christ as the fundamental Christ-like attribute. I've included a detailed breakdown of this doctrine, principle, and Christ-like attribute in the talk outline, but I will be sharing additional insights during this podcast episode. In the podcast episode details, I will share links to the talk outline, the show notes that are a deeper dive into this podcast episode, into links to my social media accounts, where I'm also posting additional content for these general conference addresses throughout the week. And uh, there will also be a link to my newsletter, my weekly newsletter. And just encourage you, if you want to take this podcast episode deeper, that those links are there in the podcast episode details. In each episode of General Conference Applied, we're attempting to answer two questions. The first, what is the speaker inviting me to do? And the second, how might I consider taking action? So first, what is the speaker inviting me to do? Quote, brothers and sisters, it is by choosing Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, that we choose the kingdom of God. Any other choice is the equivalent of choosing the arm of flesh or a golden calf and will ultimately fail us. That's the end of the quote. What does this mean in six words or less? Choose Jesus Christ not the world. Choose Jesus Christ, not the world. So in this general conference address, Bishop Waddell begins by talking about the pioneers, the the Latter-day Saint pioneers who crossed the United States in the mid to late 1840s and throughout the 1850s. In particular, he talks about the Willie and Martin handcart companies which are infamous because they they left late in the season, ultimately got trapped in terrible weather and endured tremendous hardships. And Bishop Waddell focused kind of on individuals who heeded the call of President Brigham Young and other church leaders to go and rescue these pioneers, and one of whom was Ephraim Hanks. But Bishop Waddell kind of talks about how these individuals were heroes to those handcart pioneers. And I'm actually a descendant of individuals who were in those those very handcart companies. And so I'm 
I'm obviously grateful for those who were willing to sacrifice so much. Not only those pioneers who were willing to sacrifice so much, but those others who were willing to go and rescue them. But, but obviously in this address, Bishop Waddell is talking about is talking about heroes and who our heroes are and choosing Jesus Christ as our hero and not someone or something else. So before we dive into that, as you're aware, over the past few episodes, I've liked sharing the speaker's bio because we're very familiar with the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. They speak to us every general conference. The First Presidency often would speak multiple times. And so we've obviously heard from those, from those men many times at this point. But these other speakers, we don't hear from them as frequently. And so I think it's always beneficial to have a little bit of background on, on who it is who's speaking. So here's, here's the background on Bishop Waddell. Wayne Christopher Waddell was born in Los Angeles, California on June 28, 1959. He married Carol Stansel in July 1984. They are the parents of four children. Bishop Waddell received a bachelor's degree in 1984 from San Diego State University. Bishop Waddell has served in numerous church callings, including full-time missionary in Spain, bishop, high counselor, mission president's counselor, stake president, president of the Barcelona Spain Mission, and Area 70. Prior to his call as first counselor, he had served for five years as second counselor in the presiding bishopric from 2015 to 2020, and four years as a general authority 70 from 2011 to 2015. Beginning in 1984, he worked with Merrill Lynch in several positions, including first vice president of investments. That's the end of the quote. And, and these bios are on the church's website. I think it's pretty interesting to be able to, to read and get some additional detail on these individuals. And so obviously Bishop Waddell is a member of the presiding bishopric. He's currently serving as the first counselor. Previously, he was the second counselor. And before that, he was a general authority 70. Um, this is his sixth general conference address. He had most recently spoken in the October 2020 general conference. And actually, one or two of his general conference addresses were while he was a general authority 70, so prior to the presiding bishopric. Let's, I'd like to discuss a few quotes from this talk that stood out to me before we dive into the section about how we might take action on the invitation. I had the thought this week to ask myself a couple of questions while studying this general conference address. So the first, how does this message help me become more like Jesus Christ? And second, what does this message teach me about Jesus Christ? So how does this message help me become more like Jesus Christ? I, here was what I came up with. Jesus Christ consistently sought to do Heavenly Father's will, no matter the obstacles and pressure to do otherwise. Like our Savior choosing Heavenly Father instead of the world, I can choose Jesus Christ instead of the world. And then in response to that second question, what does this message teach me about Jesus Christ? I had written, who was Jesus Christ's hero? 
our Heavenly Father. And then I, I liked this quote from John chapter 5, verse 30. I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. And then I liked this quote from the Gospel Principles Manual on the principle of the life of Christ. Jesus taught, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Continuing in the Gospel Principles Manual, he willingly and humbly went through the sorrow in Gethsemane and the suffering on the cross so we could receive all the blessings of the plan of salvation. To receive these blessings, we must come unto him, repent of our sins, and love him with all our hearts. That's the end of the quote. And we're going to talk more about loving him throughout this podcast episode. I also liked this quote that Bishop Waddell shared. He stated, When our family arrived in Spain to begin our service as mission leaders, we found a framed quote shared by Elder Neil A. Maxwell that has relevance to the heroes we choose to follow. He stated, If you have not chosen the kingdom of God first, it will, in the end, make no difference what you have chosen instead. That reminded me, and in, in last in the last podcast episode, we talked about the seven habits of highly effective people and beginning with the end in mind. But this reminded me of habit number three, which is put first things first. I liked a couple of quotes from that chapter in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. Covey wrote, Things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. And he also shared a a fantastic question that each of us might consider asking ourselves. What one thing could you do, something you aren't doing now, that if you did it on a regular basis would make a tremendous positive difference in your personal life? Let Let me share that question again. What one thing could you do, something you aren't doing now, that, if you did it on a regular basis, would make a tremendous positive difference in your personal life? I really liked those quotes. And then I really liked that quote from Elder Maxwell. If you have not chosen the kingdom of God first, it will, in the end, make no difference what you have chosen instead. I have something that I call my personal daily big five. These are five, it's not just five tasks, but five kind of areas of my life that I focus on. Prayer, gospel study, exercise, intellectual pursuits. And so I try to complete this personal daily big five every day. And I'm not I'm not very consistent with with my approach and and honestly my thoughts this week as I've studied this general conference address have prompted me to to do a better job with this personal daily big five but this this personal daily big five was in part inspired by my wife Morgan's friend who told her that she doesn't access social media until she's read the scriptures for the day. And how many of us wake up, 
maybe don't even roll out of bed. We're, we're literally on our phones checking the news or checking social media before we do anything else. I like that idea to, to put something else first, to create a buffer before we kind of get sucked into that, whatever that is, whether it's social media or, or something else. So put first things first, put the kingdom of God first. Otherwise, whatever it is that we're putting first, it's, it's not going to matter in the end. And then this was kind of the last couple of paragraphs of his talk. I liked what Bishop Waddell stated here. No leader has ever shown more courage. No, no humanitarian has shown more kindness. No physician has cured more disease, and no artist has been more creative than Jesus Christ. In a world of heroes with monuments and museums devoted to the exploits of mortal men and women, there is one who stands above all others. And that's the end of the quote. I like this quote from, from the church's website, The Gospel Doctrine of Atonement of Jesus Christ. Quote, Jesus Christ was the only one capable of making a perfect atonement. His atonement included his suffering for our sins in the Garden of Gethsemane, his death on the cross, and his resurrection from the tomb. In addition to suffering for our sins, he also took upon himself our pains, sicknesses, and infirmities. Jesus Christ overcame physical and spiritual death. Because of his atonement, everyone will be resurrected. Those who repent, obey the commandments, receive the saving ordinances, and keep their covenants will receive the gift of eternal life. That's the end of the quote. Just think about all of those wonderful blessings that have come because of our hero, Jesus Christ. Now, ironically, I have been listening to a fantasy series called Mistborn over the past couple of weeks. This series is written by Brandon Sanderson. And I listened, I, I listened to and completed this week his third book in the series, which is entitled The Hero of Ages. Kind of ironic that I was preparing a podcast episode on more than a hero while also listening to a fantasy book entitled The Hero of Ages. But right at the very end of this book, and I don't think this is a spoiler, but uh, so hopefully this, this doesn't spoil anything for you. I think it's pretty generic, but uh, I liked this quote. So this is from The Hero of Ages by Brandon Sanderson. It wasn't until that moment that Sazed understood the term hero of ages, not a hero that came once in the ages, but a hero who would span the ages, a hero who would preserve mankind throughout all its lives and times, neither, neither preservation nor ruin, but both, God. And that's the end of the quote. And I just thought that summed up perfectly this truth that Jesus Christ is our hero of ages. And then just one connection and last, last podcast episode, I talked about how it was ironic and just a, an awesome coincidence, maybe a tender mercy 
that I was releasing Elder Carlos A. Godoy's episode where I covered his talk for the sake of your posterity on his actual birthday, which was February 4th. Well, this week, this podcast episode is being released on Sunday, February 11th. And the Super Bowl is also being played on Sunday, February 11th. And when Bishop Waddell delivered this address in October, I immediately, immediately thought of a certain musician who individuals look up to as their hero. And it just so happened that on the 19th episode of this season, I determined that I would cover this general conference address months ago. This, this was in the schedule for, for this Sunday, and it just so happens that that musician who I thought of as Bishop Waddell delivered this address, her boyfriend is playing in the Super Bowl. So if you can't guess, uh, then I'm not going to say the name, but you, you probably know who I'm talking about at this point. Okay. How might I consider taking action? So once again, here was that invitation. Brothers and sisters, it is by choosing Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, that we choose the kingdom of God. Any other choice is the equivalent of choosing the arm of flesh or a golden calf and will ultimately fail us. What this means in six words or less, choose Jesus Christ, not the world. Choose Jesus Christ, not the world. I was listening to the Follow Him podcast this week on 2 Nephi chapters 1 and 2, and Lily Anderson was the guest on that podcast episode. You may recall a, a couple of General Conference Applied episodes ago, I shared kind of an extended quote from Dr. Lily Anderson's book, Choosing Glory. And so anyway, she she was just excellent on the Follow Him podcast this week, but she had shared the lyrics to a, a relatively well-known hymn, Rise Up, O Men of God. It's hymn number 323. And as she stated the lyrics, it stood out to me, King of Kings. And, and that comes straight from Bishop Waddell's invitation. It's by choosing Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, that we choose the kingdom of God. And so I looked up the lyrics to that hymn again, and I thought I might share the first few lines. It reads, Rise up, O men of God, have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. I love that. I thought that was a, just a perfect tie-in. Have done with lesser things, just like we talked about previously with Elder Maxwell. Put the kingdom of God first, otherwise it won't matter. Give heart and soul and mind and strength. That also stood out to me just as I read that. In what ways could I give more of my heart, more of my soul, more of my mind, more of my strength to Jesus Christ? Great food for thought, perhaps even a, something that you could journal about. Here is what I determined to be the most important quote from Bishop Waddell's address. He had stated, 
Although we admire and respect many talented and remarkable men and women for their abilities and contributions, the, deg the degree to which they are revered, if taken to an excess, can be the equivalent of the children of Israel worshiping a golden calf in the desert of Sinai. As adults, what was once innocent childhood fun can become a stumbling block when hero worship of politicians, bloggers, influencers, athletes, or musicians causes us to look beyond the mark and lose sight of what is truly essential. For the children of Israel, the challenge was not the gold that they brought with them on their journey to the promised land, but rather what they allowed the gold to become, an idol which then became the object of their worship, turning their attention away from Jehovah, who had parted the Red Sea and delivered them from bondage. Their focus on the calf impacted their ability to worship the true God. The hero, our hero now and always, is Jesus Christ, and anything or anyone that distracts us from his teachings, as found in the scriptures and through the words of living prophets, can negatively impact our progress on the covenant path. And that's the end of the quote. In the midst of that quote, I, I had referenced, look beyond the mark. And Bishop Waddell's footnote was to Jacob chapter 4, verse 14, where that phrase comes from, looking beyond the mark. If you're looking for more resources on looking beyond the mark, we discussed that in detail in General Conference Applied Season 2, may have been Episode 9, no, Episode 12, Jesus Christ is the Treasure by Elder Dale G. Renland. So you might look back and listen to that podcast episode again. But I think this quote from President Russell M. Nelson's October 2023 General Conference Address, which is entitled Think Celestial, goes right along with that quote that I just shared from Bishop Waddell. This is what President Nelson said, and, and he's talking about addictions. As you think celestial, you will find yourself avoiding anything that robs you of your agency, any addiction, be it gaming, gambling, debt, drugs, alcohol, anger, pornography, sex, or even food offends God. Why? Because your obsession becomes your God. You look to it rather than to him for solace. So in that case, let's choose Jesus Christ and not addiction. But are there other things that we're turning to, that we're focusing on instead of the King of Kings? How might we change that focus? What are things that we could do to focus more on our Savior Jesus Christ? And, and I'm going to share a few of Bishop Waddell's ideas right here. So in this address, I identified two directives. A directive is an official or authoritative instruction. To me, a directive is ways in which the speaker is indicating that we can take action on their invitation. So the invitation is to choose Jesus Christ, not the world. And so here was the first directive. In our most recent general conference, President Russell and Nelson reminded us, whatever questions or problems you have, the answer is always found in the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. 
Learn more about his atonement, his love, his mercy, his doctrine, and his restored gospel of healing and progression. Turn to him. Follow him. And Bishop Waddell adds, and I would add, choose him. I like that. That if we're going to choose Jesus Christ, it probably makes sense to learn more about him, to read more of his words, to reflect upon his teachings. It reminded me of an April 2017 general conference address. It was delivered by President Russell M. Nelson. At the time, he was the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And the title of that address was Drawing the Power of Jesus Christ into Our Lives. We've talked about this address previously because it was in this address that President Nelson invited us not to use the word atonement without connecting it to our Savior. So our Savior's atonement or Jesus Christ's atonement, his atoning sacrifice. But in that address, President Nelson also talked about an invitation that he had extended to young adults in the church. Here is an extended quote from that address. Quote, Today I would like to speak about how we can draw into our lives the power of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. We begin by learning about him. It is impossible for us to be saved in ignorance. The more we know about the Savior's ministry and mission, the more we understand his doctrine and what he did for us, the more we know that he can provide the power that we need for our lives. Earlier this year, I asked the young adults of the church to consecrate a portion of their time each week to study everything Jesus said and did as recorded in the standard works. I invited them to let the scriptural citations about Jesus Christ in the topical guide become their personal core curriculum. I gave that challenge because I had already accepted it myself. I read and underlined every verse cited about Jesus Christ as listed under the main heading and the 57 subtitles in the topical guide. When I finished that exciting exercise, my wife asked me what impact it had on me. I told her, I am a different man. And then later in this talk, President Nelson uh, continued, as you seek to learn more about Jesus Christ, I urge you to study the living Christ, which was a, a document released in the year 2000 by the current members of the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. I'll talk about that briefly in, in just a moment. And then President Nelson uh, continued, and this is the, the last paragraph that I'll share from that address. He had stated, when you reach up for the Lord's power in your life with the same intensity that a drowning person has when grasping and gasping for air, power from Jesus Christ will be yours. When the Savior knows you truly want to reach up to him, when he can feel that the greatest desire of your heart is to draw his power into your life, you will be led by the Holy Ghost to know exactly what you should do. That's the end of the quote. And so this, this is what I wrote down. Instead of binge watching the latest show or mindlessly scrolling through social media, choose Jesus Christ instead. I was reminded this, it's probably been at least eight years, may have been nine years. There was a woman in our ward who stood and bore her testimony. And, and at the time she was serving in the young women organization. 
And she, she and the other leaders in the organization, as well as the young women, had taken upon themselves to memorize the living Christ. And I can still remember the, the spirit that was with this woman when she talked about how she had, it sounded like, kind of pasted the, the living Christ up on her mirror in her bathroom and was just constantly focused on the words in the living Christ. And, and in the show notes here, I've, I've shared a link to the living Christ. You can also just go to the church's website and search for the living Christ and you can, you can pull up the document. But I, th- I thought that was pretty powerful. She talked about how it had been a long time since she had memorized anything, but that she was just better because of what it was that she was focused on. And so how many of us are memorizing lyrics to songs or, you know, other things instead, might we instead memorize the savior's words in his parables? Might we instead consider memorizing the living Christ or, or focusing on the the articles of faith or, or whatever it is, finding a way to push the world to the side and focus more on Jesus Christ, his teachings, his words. I liked this quote. This is from Preach My Gospel under the Christ-like attribute of faith in Jesus Christ. For faith to lead to salvation, you must center it in Jesus Christ. When you have faith in Christ, you trust in him as the only begotten Son of God. You are confident that as you repent, you will be forgiven of your sins through his atoning sacrifice and be sanctified by the Holy Ghost. You express your faith through action. These actions include following the Savior's teachings and example. They include serving others and helping them choose to follow Christ. Your faith in Jesus Christ will grow as you become better acquainted with him and his teachings. And that's the end of the quote. Your faith in Jesus Christ will grow as you become better acquainted with him and his teachings. How do, you, how do each of us become better acquainted with someone? We speak with them. We listen to them. We learn about them, right? That's how we become better acquainted with someone. We can do the same thing with our savior, Jesus Christ. And then this was the second directive that I identified. And, and actually this is kind of four parts. And so I'll read the four parts together right now, but then I'll, I'll break it out because I've shared an additional resource for each of them. So this is, this, these are Bishop Wandel's words. We choose him, Jesus Christ, when we choose to honor his day, whether we're at home or traveling on vacation. We choose him when we choose his words through the, through the scriptures and the teachings of living prophets. We choose him when we choose to hold a temple recommend and live worthy of its use. We choose him when we are peacemakers and refuse to be contentious, especially when we have differences opinion. So let's focus on that first part. We choose him, Jesus Christ, when we choose to honor his day, whether we're at home or traveling on vacation. And, and that vacation reminded me 
of a church news podcast episode. It was episode 122. And many of you may be familiar with the company Cotopaxi. It's a, an apparel company. And the founders, Davis and Ajaline Smith, have they've been guests on the Church News podcast twice. It's my understanding that Davis was in the stake presidency of Sarah Jane Weaver, who's the Church News podcast executive editor and the host of the podcast. She is in Davis Smith's stake, or, or was. I think the Smiths are now serving as mission leaders in Brazil, is my understanding. And, and that was actually the title of this podcast episode. Cotopaxi founders Davis and Ajaline Smith on stepping away from their company to serve as mission leaders in Brazil. But during the episode, I really liked what Ajaline Smith had said about going to church when you're on vacation. Here are her words. When we were newly married, we did an internship in Grand Cayman in the Caribbean on a small island, and there was just a small branch. There was no church. We met in the courthouse. We had a wonderful branch president, but the counselor there was called after two months of being a member of the church. And so just a lot of new members there, but they did a great job. There's one young man, one young woman, no primary, but obviously it's a beautiful island in the Caribbean. And so there are a lot of tourists. And every Sunday, we always had tourists come to church. And she continues, and the ones that stood out to us were the ones that were in their Sunday best and stayed for the full three hours. Back then it was three hours. And that was such a great example to us because when you're on vacation, you don't have much time anyway. And there are the beautiful beaches and the sun. It was not only just seeing them, but what it was was seeing how they contributed to the branch because the branch relied upon those members. They would give wonderful comments in the lessons. They would bear their testimonies. And this is what the branch needed because there were so few members and they were just learning how the church works. And so that always stood out to us. And that's something that we try to do when we travel. And, and that's the end of the quote. I just thought that was a fantastic testament to the importance of attending church no matter where we're at. I've shared in, in a previous podcast episode that probably my all-time favorite article from the Enzyme, for, just from a church magazine, was entitled The Last Sacrament Cup. And it was the woman who wrote the article. She and her husband and their family were on vacation in southern Utah, St. George, I believe, and were attending church there. And she just had this powerful experience during the sacrament that, that really brought home that Jesus Christ suffered and died for each of us individually. Just imagine if she had gone on that vacation and chosen not to go to that church building to attend that sacrament meeting. Just saying, oh, well, I'm on vacation. I'll, I'll, I'll just miss a week. What's the harm in missing one week? I'll just partake of the sacrament next Sunday. And I think, I think that there's power. There's, there's obviously ways that we can serve, as Ajaline Smith shared in that quote from the Church News podcast. But there are powerful opportunities for us to, to learn, grow, progress when we choose to attend church no matter where in the world we are.
when we prepare, when we pack our Sunday best, when we commit to the covenants that we've made. Really like that. Okay, the second part of that directive, Bishop Waddell had stated, we choose him when we choose his words through the scriptures and the teachings of living prophets. Earlier this evening, my son, my eight-year-old son, my eight-year-old son was talking with me and he was expressing a little bit of frustration that he wasn't reading the Book of Mormon as much as me. And, and I just said to him, you know what? It's not because I have more time than you. It's because I read the Book of Mormon before I do other things. And so I, I talked about maybe some of the things that he's doing with his time. And I just said, if you really want to read the Book of Mormon all the way through this year, 2024, then do that first. Commit to reading first thing when you wake up before you get involved in other things. Put first things first. Each of us has time. We, we really do. We have the time to do the things that matter most. But if we leave those things for later, it's just like that classic experiment where if you put the sand and the pebbles into a jar and then the smaller rocks and then leave the big rocks for the end, the big rocks won't fit. But if you put the big rocks in first and then the smaller rocks and then the pebbles, everything fits in. And I know that life's not quite that simple or straightforward, but the concept is good, is sound. There's a reason in the Doctrine and Covenants we're invited to go to bed early and wake up early. It's, it's easier to make good decisions early in the morning, right? To wake up early, to get going on the day, to maybe get some scripture or gospel study in first thing before the, the world kind of pulls us one way or another. And so I look forward to, to continuing the conversation with my eight-year-old on ways that he might choose Jesus Christ by studying the scriptures and the teachings of living prophets every day. The third part of that directive, we choose him when we choose to hold a temple recommend and live worthy of its use. I was reminded of a fantastic talk that Elder Ronald A. Rasband of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles had delivered in the October 2020 General Conference. His address was entitled, Recommended to the Lord. Here's a quote from that address. My father-in-law, Blaine Twitchell, one of the best men I have ever known, taught me a great lesson. Sister Rasband and I went to visit him when he was nearing the end of his mortal journey. As we entered his room, his bishop was just leaving. As we greeted the bishop, I thought, what a nice bishop. He's here doing his ministering to a faithful member of his ward. I mentioned to Blaine, wasn't that nice of the bishop to come visit? Blaine looked at me and responded, it was far more than that. I asked for the bishop to come because I wanted my temple recommend interview. I want to go recommended to the Lord. And he did. That phrase, recommended to the Lord, has stayed with me. It has put a whole new perspective on being interviewed regularly by our church leaders. 
So important is a temple recommend that in the early church until 1891, each temple recommend was endorsed by the president of the church. Elder Rasband continues, I remember hearing President Howard W. Hunter in his first general conference address as the 14th president of the church. He said, It is the deepest desire of my heart to have every member of the church worthy to enter the temple. It would please the Lord if every adult member would be worthy of and carry a current temple recommend. And and Elder Rasband adds, I would add that a limited use recommend will set a clear path for our precious youth. And then Elder Rasband concluded, President Russell M. Nelson recalled President Hunter's words. So this is Elder Rasband quoting President Nelson. On that day, June 6, 1994, the temple recommend that we carry became a different object in my wallet. Before that, it was a means to an end. It was the means to allow me to enter a sacred house of the Lord. But after he, President Howard W. Hunter, the prophet, made that declaration, That became an end in itself. It became my badge of obedience to a prophet of God. And so we choose Jesus Christ when we prioritize attending the house of the Lord. And then the last part of that directive, we choose him when we are peacemakers and refuse to be contentious, especially when we have differences of opinion. And his footnote there was to peacemakers needed which was President Nelson's April 2023 General Conference Address. And and so I had written down, we choose Jesus Christ when we take action on his prophet's invitations. And that's the whole reason for General Conference Applied, that our Savior Jesus Christ is is inspiring our church leaders. And they, in turn, are inviting us to take action to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers also. And I hope and pray that as we are taking action on these invitations from these church leaders in each of these general conference addresses, that we are becoming more like our Savior Jesus Christ, that we're focusing on him more. Okay, so to conclude, you're, you're probably familiar with my love of taking action. I, I just think this is so important, not just to, to learn and to feel something from these general conference addresses, but to find a way to take action. And so last week, I had committed to taking 10 minutes to contemplate Stephen R. Covey's Begin with the End in Mind exercise. So you may recall from Season 2, Episode 18 of General Conference Applied, I had talked about how Stephen Covey, in in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, invited readers to contemplate their own funeral and then to identify who they want to be at that time and then ultimately to begin now, today, crafting themselves into the person that they want to be at their death. And so as I kind of contemplated that exercise and jotted down some thoughts in my journal, here's here's a few of the ideas that I wrote down. If I attended my own funeral, I would want family members to say that I was their biggest cheerleader. I would want friends to say that I listened much more than I talked. I would want coworkers to say that I was the hardest worker on the team. 
and I would want fellow members of the church to say that I was a powerful example of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Those, those came from deep, deep within. That's, that's what I want. That's who I want to become. And I'm not there yet. There's, there's a lot of work to be done to arrive at that point. But I'm grateful for the clarity that I received as I took action, as I strived to take action on Elder Godoy's invitation to begin with the end in mind. I'm a better person because of it. And so the action that I'm going to take on choosing Jesus Christ, not the world, is this week I am committing to studying the living Christ. And then I'm going to take 20 minutes to write my testimony of Jesus Christ in my journal. I look forward to reporting back in the next podcast episode on how it went. How will you take action on this general conference address. Let me know on social media. Feel free to email me. My email address address is mitch at mitchellryanpeterson.com. If if you remember nothing else though from this podcast episode, remember this. Bishop Waddell has invited us to choose Jesus Christ, not the world. Bishop Waddell has invited us to choose Jesus Christ, not the world. I testify of him, of Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for his atoning sacrifice, his perfect life, which is just a wonderful example for each of us. I testify of his power. He really does have the power to save. I testify of his hero, also my hero, our Heavenly Father, that he lives that he listens to each prayer, that he wants us back. I testify that families can be eternal, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's Church, established in these latter days in preparation for the second coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I testify that There are living prophets and apostles on the earth today. I testify that the Holy Ghost is real, that he teaches truth, that he bides in us, that still small voice is real not just a figment of our imagination. And I testify of these things in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you once again to those of you who have subscribed to the podcast, who are sharing it with others, who are getting the word out. I'm, I'm open to suggestions. If there's something you want to hear, if, if there's something that's not sitting right, if, there's more that I could be doing. Please reach out to me. Let me know. Let me know your thoughts. I am grateful for feedback. It, it helps keep me going. <laughs> Thank you once again to, to those of you who are listening and participating 
I'm grateful for you. And I look forward to speaking with you in future episodes.